France's first cousin. Well, I think people have a right to their own bodies, even when they're dead, showing in a flash what a lot of water had run under bridges since 1886, when the proprietorship of Soames over his wife's body was acquiring the uncertainty which had led to such disaster. Roger Forsythe, Susan's brother, died in 1899. His funeral at Highgate had been perfect, and coming away from it, Soames Forsythe made almost mechanically for his Uncle Timothy's in the Bayswater Road. The old things, Aunt Julie and Aunt Hester, would like to hear about it. At eighty-eight his father, James, had not felt up to the fatigue of the funeral, and Timothy himself, of course, had not gone, so that Nicholas had been the only brother present. Soames found time to go there nearly every Sunday, and sit in the little drawing-room into which, with his undoubted taste, he had introduced a good deal of change, china not quite up to his own fastidious mark, and at least two rather doubtful barbizon pictures. He himself, who had done extremely well with the barbizons, had for some years past moved towards the Maurices, Israels, and Mauve. In the riverside house, the shelter which he now inhabited near Mapledurham, he had a gallery, to which few London dealers were strangers. It served, too, as a Sunday afternoon attraction in those weekend parties which his sister Winifred occasionally organised for him. When Soames went to Timothy's, he almost always had some little tale of triumph over a dealer to unfold, and dearly he loved that coup of pride with which his aunts would greet it. This afternoon, however, he was differently animated. Leaning back in a marquetry chair, he was noticeably silent. The peculiar foresight build of his face was seen to the best advantage, a face concave and long, with a jaw which, divested of flesh, would have seemed extravagant, altogether a chinny face, though not at all ill-looking. The subject on which alone he wanted to talk, his own undivorced position, was unspeakable, and yet it occupied his mind to the exclusion of all else. It was only since the spring that this had been so. A new feeling had grown up which was egging him on towards what he knew might well be folly in a foresight of forty-five. More and more of late, Soames had been conscious that he was getting on— His fortune, already considerable when he conceived the house at Robin Hill which he had commissioned young Bassini to design, the house which had finally wrecked his marriage with Irene, and which he had sold to his uncle Jolyon, his fortune had mounted with surprising vigour in the twelve lonely years during which he had devoted himself to little else. He was worth today well over a hundred thousand pounds, and had no one to leave it to. Even if he were to relax his efforts, money made money, and he felt that he would have a hundred and fifty thousand before he knew where he was. There had always been a strongly domestic, philoprogenitive side to Soames. Balked and frustrated, it had hidden itself away, but now had crept out again in this his prime of life. Concreted and focused of late by the attraction of a girl's undoubted beauty— it had become a veritable prepossession. And this girl was French, not likely to lose her head or accept any unlegalized position. Moreover, Soames himself wanted no hole-and-corner liaison. A marriage at the embassy in Paris, a few months' travel, 
and he could bring Annette back quite separated from a past, which in truth was not too distinguished, for she only kept the accounts in her mother's Soho restaurant. He could bring her back as something very new and chic, with her French taste and self-possession, to reign at the shelter. The problem was this cursed, undivorced condition of his, and the question whether Annette would take him, which he dared not put to the touch, until he had a clear and even dazzling future to offer her. In his aunt's drawing-room he heard with but muffled ears those usual questions. How was his dear father? Not going out, of course, now that the weather was turning chilly. Oh, and about the darties. Had Soames heard that his dear sister Winifred was having a most distressing time with Montague? Soames had not heard? Oh, but he must go and see his sister and look into it. And did he think these boars were...